Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my discussion about the loot from the forge. I talked about the weapons you can make and forge. Took a little bit of an issue with the fact that they combined the loot pools of the raid and the forge. I find that to be a little disappointing. Uh, also, kind of took issue with the guns you're making not having perks that are strong enough. I did give Bungie credit. They definitely, they definitely gave us uh, perks that are unique with shield disorient and disruption break, but they didn't give us perks that are strong enough, and that uh, that was disappointing. Uh, talked about the ones that just dropped the remix weapons are actually pretty good uh, and give, I think, some ground. I think gives some ground for the idea of bringing back weapons from old DLCs and old vendors, giving them a bit of a remix, uh, just because they are, you know, they have, they have, they feel cool. There are good weapons, there are good archetypes in the game, uh, and I think that giving them that remix could be potentially you know, a bit of a value add for people because then that's just more personalization. You can kind of go back and say, you know, this is a good gun. This is a, this is a gun that I like and then grind for them uh, accordingly. So end of the day, I'm glad that they're listening, but I think they need to go a little bit further with these guns. And I really don't think they should have combined the loot pools. I'm going to do a separate video on that. I, you know, that is, it is disappointing. Um, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna completely die on that hill yet. But I didn't want to sully the video a little too much. I mainly wanted to focus on the forge guns. Obviously, the raid, the raid loot review video is probably going to be a pretty, uh, a pretty negative one. I'm going to be pretty critical. I, I disagree with their decision very strongly. So let's jump into uh, the first question from uh, X-ray freak. What is your personal favorite forge gun? I actually thought that got the, the the sniper was really fun in the end encounter and the machine gun felt really good too. Again, the auto rifle has potential. The auto rifle has potential and the 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 hand cannon feels really really good. It just does. It has a snappy nice feel to it. It just doesn't really have an impetus for you to use it. And that's just something they're going to have to they're going to have to look at. I it, you don't want to introduce new weapons that have new perks that everybody just kind of shrugs at. Shield disorient and disruption break. Uh, sorry if there's a little bit of mic noise there. I want to resituate my mic. Both of those perks should should be drawing your attention, not getting a shrug from you. If again, because people argue they're like, well, it's okay if the forge was impossible to do day one. This is end game. Okay, let's grant your point. And we can grant your point because Bungie, to an extent, we can grant your point because Bungie calls this endgame. If it's endgame, then the loot should be drawing for your attention and your use. No question about it. And you look at the you look at the raid fusion rifle and the raid rocket launcher, and you look at these perks on the hand cannon and the auto rifle, and you're like, yeah, there's already guns in the game that are better. I'm not talking equal. That's going to happen. You're going to have new guns come out, and they're basically options when compared to uh, when compared to the new uh, the new guns, right? They're options, but they're at least comparable or as strong. The problem we have now is is the guns they're introducing are 
arguably and measurably just not as good as other guns that have already been in the game for a while. And I just I just find that to be incredibly problematic if this is meant to be end game grind for the hobbyist, the incentive is in some respects falling flat. That's not good. Future content needs to be informed by what we are saying if we're saying yawn. If we're if we're looking at the new perks and the guns and saying yawn, that needs to inform Bungie's decisions in the future. If this is endgame grind for the hobbyist, if they're going to say, okay, the annual pass is tacking on stuff to the endgame, this is why you're leveling up, this is why we feel justified making the content difficult, challenging, whatever, then the carrot has to justify the journey. I've said that before. The carrot has to justify the journey. The loot in Last Wish does not justify the journey. It doesn't. It doesn't. And we're seeing on full display the overused and tired uh, use of physics in the game. Just can we please stop turning guardians into ping pong balls? It'd be magnificent. Juice box. I know that the forge is dropping loot, but do you wish there were different mechanics for each each forge? Throwing balls for one, guarding zones for another. I mean, I, I, I'll definitely grant you that, that like each forge, they could have gone a little bit further in their, again, physics, not shot. Um getting getting into there and being like okay this one you got to throw balls this one you got to do that it would have been nice to have differences that weren't just the the enemies are different right i did like how they at least applied pressure in the second forge with the shanks that like put the shock on the ground cuz then you can run risk runner and it's actually kind of fun you're constantly kind of taking arc damage but to a certain extent to a certain extent i just i think they're i think they are missing Missing the mark on introducing new mechanics. Now, I will say this. I will say this. I understand that we may be asking too much when we're asking for that, right? I don't know how difficult it is to introduce new mechanics and to have those differentiating mechanics from them. I mean, just having servitors in the second one, just having servitors in the second one leads to a glitch where one servitor protects the other and you can't complete the encounter. So... It's this is ten dollars worth of a thirty-five dollar annual pass. That means that means that we should probably expect it to be a little copy pasta, right? It's going to be a little copy pasta. You're going to have things that are well. They could have done more with this, but maybe they just didn't have time. They're working right now on other content for us, more than likely, right? They're working on uh they're working on the the next annual pass. They're working on Joker's Wild. They're working on the next raid, etc. Like, so to a certain extent, I'm 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 going to give them a pass on this content. Sometimes, if the content lacks depth, I'm going to give them a pass. If the loot lacks power, I'm not going to give them a pass. Do you see the difference that I'm making? Like the differentiation that I'm making. Like the the slice I'm going to take down the middle is I'm okay if the content lacks depth. This was ten dollars. But it's supposed to be endgame. That means that the loot should be better. The loot should not lack power. Content lacking depth is excusable given the nature of it's $35 spread out and... Should have moved to the outer circle. Um, It's $35 spread out and that means that you're not going to get the most substantive content. You're going to get content that, you know, is a little bit more simplistic in its delivery. I mean, I, I I made a comparison to the um I his shield came down I saw the animation for his shield coming down I don't know what the frick just happened there 
uh the the $10 Borderlands expansions that they did he has a sliver of shield I don't I thought one throw was enough um man oh man we're struggling with the most simplest thing here because the game's just not agreeing with us they did those little $10 expansions in Borderlands and it was basically just like one little one little place with the boss a tiny mission to get to the boss and then that was it and then they, then there was some new gear in there not a ton and that was $10. I think a lot of people looked at it and said, oh, that's not bad for $10. You got to remember the annual pass is, is access to drip feed. So each time they put a little bit more food on the plate, like it's like a 10 course meal. If the 10 course meal, if you're, if you're zeroing in on the fact that like, well, these potatoes are really good, but you only gave me like three of them and they're kind of small. If you zero in on that, you might be like, yeah, that's not a very, you know, substantive offer of potatoes. But somebody's going to say, yeah, it's a 10 course meal, though. Do you, you, what, do you, you, what do you expect? Do you, do you expect you expect to get like, what, 10 potatoes for your for your for your side? That would be weird. So you have to think of it like that. This is a 10 course meal. And if we zero in on one course, we're going to find it to probably be lacking. So, Johnny always the forge hand cannon can roll with kill clip and rampage uh, with kill clip and not rampage I think is what you meant to say what would tempt you enough to grind for it I mean if you use a warden's law with feeding frenzy and rampage I think a lot of people are going to learn that that's one of the pinnacle versions of a hand cannon in destiny you always have a reload and a damage buff proc always you always do so i I am, I'm, I'm always reloading a little bit quicker and i'm always doing a little bit more damage with a 110 that's really nice oh it can roll with both somebody said it can't roll with kill Cl- uh, rampage it can roll with rampage okay so maybe somebody miss uh miss red light gg you mean it can't have both at the same time I mean, no gun can have Rampage and Kill Clip at the same time. I don't know what we're talking about then. Um, somebody was saying earlier that it couldn't roll with Rampage, and that's why we, we said that was disappointing. We got fed bad information then. Um, yeah, I think I think a, an Outlaw Rampage is totally fine then. Oh, we were talking about the bad news. You got. We, we're, I think we're crossing wires here. When he asked this question, I was thinking of the bad news. I didn't realize he was talking about the 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 ramp the, the the actual forge hand cannon. I got confused. Okay, so the bad news, the 110 bad news hand cannon can only get kill clip, okay? The actual orchid gun, the kindled orchid can roll with outlaw rampage. I actually knew that. I misread the question and thought he was asking about the bad news forge hand cannon. So the main the main problem with that is let's think through this question now let's actually give a much better answer than i was giving because i misread the question let's give a much better answer (laughs) um kill clip and rampage on top of outlaw is nice and you're again given given the frostbolt video and you know what he's saying about it and how he really likes it i could see a lot of people grinding and getting that gun and using it in pvp okay in PvE, switching again to an energy primary, there has to be a benefit that only comes with an energy weapon. 
I'm why would I weaken my gun with respect to a crit multiplier and then go with a roll that is reliant upon crits outlaw rampage well if you want outlaw rampage to play nice with each other then you gotta hit your shots kid and if that's the case you're gonna probably want an outlaw rampage roll on a kinetic weapon right and again i'm talking pve here like you don't have to think this way in pvp if the gun's hitting heads and you're getting kill clip to, to proc or rampage to proc and it's got good aim assist and it feels snappy and crispy well then it's there's perfectly good reasons to use it in pvp but in pve if i'm going to switch to an energy primary i need an actual tangible reason to do so like okay um it has dragonfly shield disorient or disruptor break a uh, disruption break those perks as i said need to be significantly stronger because if you're going to use them that's your trade off i'm trading off a weapon that specializes in crit damage and 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 crit multipliers and using that then to stack with like rampage and having a really efficient you know precision weapon right so as you're using a precision weapon like i'm using right now this is one of the reasons that 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 feeding frenzy is so nice like i don't i can kind of mindlessly shoot some of those guys i got a couple headshots in the mix but i also i also had some body shots i'm constantly feeding frenzy and rampage are constantly proccing right its job is to is to function as a precision weapon if I switch to a precision weapon in the energy slot, the trade-off that you need to give me is something that needs to be then related to it as an energy weapon because that's the entire reason you're switching. That's why Dragonfly not rolling on it just seems completely and utterly strange. When you use a rapid hit Dragonfly trust, you're going to say, hey, this is pretty good. I can see a reason to use this. You know, it's 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 helping with crowd control. I pop a head and everybody shakes. There's the new Dragonfly spec mod. Do you see what I'm saying? The, the impetus to switch to an energy weapon is energy perks, and the energy perks on it are aren't that good. Shield disorient and disruption break, and then it can't roll with Dragonfly. You could justify having it not roll with Dragonfly if those two perks I already talked about were stronger. You could 100% say, oh no, it's fine that it doesn't have Dragonfly, because these right here, these are these are well worth it. I didn't realize I could be Genji this time around. Yeah, I think she's just going to teleport to the next section. If you get her that low health, you can't damage her a second time here. This fight is actually stupid. Like, if you can't damage her the second time, she's just going to automatically teleport, then just make her teleport. Like, the, the, whole, the whole structure of boss fights in Destiny... Too much of it punishes you for good damage. You either you either bake and melt them right away, which turns them into a nothing a no nothing boss, or you do too much damage and get punished for it. Like in the fanatic fight or this fight. Like, oh you did too much damage, so now you don't get a chance to damage her on phase two, and then you gotta go to the next part, and then you gotta wait to go to the next part because we're gonna make you jump through the mechanics for no reason. I don't know. I, I think too many of the boss fights in strikes are really unappealing because you you get you almost feel like you get punished for doing lots of damage. And I just think that that's a stupid way to treat players that have thought through all your really cool, powerful gear. That's why people love baking 
in Gambit and love baking in uh, in the raids because you don't punish us for doing lots of damage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Look at the boss fights as different types of dances. Right, but you can have different types of dances and mechanics without punishing me, right? You can have that mechanic in that first room with her and have her getting hit with the things and then and then and then and then going to another section, but she should be damageable. She should be damageable on the second shield hit. Like you see what I'm saying? We hit we we hit her with the first one. We do damage. We didn't do enough damage to kill her, so she goes to the other side. Now that she's on that side, you hit her with one of those things, and she's immediately shielded again. And you can't do any damage. The mechanics break. It's like, you did too much damage, so the mechanics break. I'm fine with having fights that are different and having mechanics and having them go immune in a predictable way instead of like at the Fnatic fight. The Fnatic fight's garbage. But I don't I don't think the mechanics should break on themselves. Next question. Matrix says, with the forge weapons as underwhelming as they are... I feel like adding a new black the adding new black armory mods to the loot pool would add a lot more incentive to grind thoughts. Right, like if the if those could drop from the forge and maybe they'll do that eventually or as I said maybe she'll get um she might get some treatment and they'll say, "Hey, she now has bounties where you can earn those," right? Cuz right now you have to kind of like grind for currency to buy them. They could 100% give you incentive like that. But again, the loot being lackluster, I don't think the answer is to say, oh, well, we added mods to the loot pool. I would make the I would make the perks on the guns of the guns themselves better. I think that's the answer to the community. I think what you're doing, what you're suggesting is fine, but this is not a solution. This is more of like an apology. Uh, Mortar Eater, what in your, is your opinion on ammo economy in the Forge and Gambit? Also, I feel there needs to be raid banners or ammo boxes added, and also in general, I think... When an ammo box is opened, I think the whole team should be able to collect ammo from it. Crucible Gambit thoughts. Well, if you're going to let people all get power ammo from the power ammo box in Crucible, you're going to make it worse than it already is. Uh, They'd have to make it show up a whole lot less often. Power ammo in D1 showed up most of the time. I think in most games, it was like once a game, maybe twice, if the game was taking a while. And then, yeah, everybody got it, and you had to be there. Obviously, that was risky. I got The only time I got a six-man team wipe in Destiny 1 was everybody was piled up on the uh, on the power on the power ammo, on the heavy, and I ran in with a uh, Titan slam. The So that would have to change. Now, if you're talking in Gambit, everybody should get power. I don't know about that, dude. Power ammo in Gambit is game-changing. If you invade and those guys have gotten good RNG and they've gotten power ammo to drop on the ground, it, like, really heavily limits your ability to invade because they're all looking at you with 1K voices and they're looking at you with, you know, uh, Queen Breaker. Uh, Queen Breaker. Uh, Queen's Breaker. Is it Queen's Breaker or Queen Breaker? It's Queen Breaker's bow, isn't it? Queen is singular. The, the 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 adding of heavy there I think would be rough uh, in general. They'd have to really change invasion. Now in the forge, having rally flags or boxes, I'd be fine with that. Getting ammo poor in the forge is really really freaking frustrating. Uh, it's really really frustrating. There's no S's. Yeah, it's Queen Breaker. Do I have one on me? I don't. 
We'll settle this right now. We'll settle this right now. We'll go exotic. We'll go power. It is the queen breaker. The queen breaker. I think people just pluralize it, like plural it. They're like queen breakers. And so they're like, yeah, the queen breakers is rough. You know? Queen Breaker is rough. Queen Breakers is rough. They're adding two, actually. That's kind of silly. So, yeah. I, it, Forge is a different animal in my mind. Adding ammo boxes, letting everybody, you know, stack up and get their ammo back would make the Forge more fun, uh, especially when you're trying to get power ammo kills. It's not that hard at level. That might make it too easy. Uh, that might make it way too easy. You know, so you might have to change that and say, you know, we're gonna make it harder. Maybe when you pop a, you know, a power ammo box, it brings out a, a big, huge swath of like guardian uh, guys that are like guarding the weapon, the ammo, or something. Uh, fuzzy bounce. Devil's advocate isn't saying Bungie should limit how much people can power level before raids. Saying they should limit how much people can train before a marathon. People take Destiny as serious as things as marathon, as it's basically an esport. No, it's not. Uh, as for RNG, the, as for RNG, the same teams are always the highest level, so there must be some sort of element of strategy and skill to leveling. Anyone can do it just like anyone can train for a marathon. This question's just got a lot of, um, and I'm, I'm being nice here, but your question's just got a lot of ignorance in it. Like, that's not, not, a lot of what you're saying isn't true. So I'm, I'm gonna be nice here. I'm not trying to be mean, but a lot of what you're saying isn't true. So, no, there is no strategy to skill to leveling when you're saving stuff from previous expansions when you're saving keys for the last wish and bounties from the old level cap and that skyrockets you to the new level cap that is not that is not strategy and skill now you could say oh it's strategy i would call it an exploit you're exploiting the system that is not how the system is supposed to work that raid when you got all those keys was supposed to be used for loot within that meta and within that ethos. Same with all the iron banner iron banner bounties that people saved. So no, that's not true. And you're creating an equivalency between training for a marathon and leveling up. Training for a marathon is more about conditioning your body to be able to, you know, endure and I would think in this having the right loadouts and having the right, you know, guns for the encounters would be more about like the strategy and the skill. Get like and training for a marathon isn't the same as going into a marathon and being like, well because I train for this marathon, I get to start 10 10 10 yards further than everybody else. Right? So using exploits and gaming the system and getting to a level that the raid doesn't really it, the raid's recommended late raid is 640 it's meant to be end game and people were going in over the recommended level that means you're over leveled end game content is supposed to be like somewhat outside of your reach i'm not arguing for the delta scaling we had in last wish i thought that was stupid i'm arguing for most raids and endgame content when it first comes out is outside of your reach and if you go in that first week you're going to be weaker so i don't i don't think you can you can say it's like telling people uh like limit how much they can train before the marathon i i just think that is such a misunderstanding of what's going on um 
and people taking them serious is 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 is, is the exact reason why uh, it should be a more fair fight, right? Yeah, and there's no RNG in a marathon, right? Because you're saying, oh, as for the RNG, everybody ends up at the same levels. The people that all ended up over leveled gamed the system. They didn't like. They didn't. They didn't rely on RNG. They did everything they could to protect themselves from RNG, right? there is no skill involved I did the same amount of things as somebody else and somebody else in our raid team went from 617 to like 621 and I went from 617 to 633 I had the right drops at the right times and the right items got bumped we did the exact same thing and he's below the 25 delta and I'm in the 31 delta I'm, I'm too what is that he didn't even hit 21 so 21 20, 20, uh, 26, and then 31. I'm three deltas higher than him, and we did the exact same thing. There's no skill or strategy involved there. You're throwing yourself on the mercy of RNG. And and people got on my on my comment section on my YouTube, and they're like, a global cap would be stupid. That would just frustrate people. And I'm like, don't you understand that a global soft cap would get removed as soon as the raid dropped? Like, I... That to me is crystal clear. Maybe I didn't make that crystal clear, but the idea is the raid's going to launch. You can level up. Nobody can get beyond this power level until the raid comes out. So everybody, everybody's going in with the same advantages and the same, uh, and the same abilities. Nobody's going in stronger than another team, right? Nobody's starting with an advantage. That's the problem with the leveling system. No matter how you shake it, people that exploited the system and gamed the system against itself went in with enormous advantages. And then not surprising, the teams that go in with the advantages are the teams that win. Well, right, isn't that a bit of correlation, Lono? Aren't you saying that, you know, isn't it, isn't it the most hardcore teams that get to those levels and, and they're also the ones that go in and try and go for Worlds first? Sure, but that also then limits the playing field. They're not really competing against the community. They're competing against like a handful of teams because almost nobody in the community has the time to level up war, like week one the way that those people level up. It's, it's not a competition for the community. It isn't. I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm not saying that they shouldn't do it that way. I'm not saying people shouldn't use exploits, but quit kidding yourself. It's not a competition for the community. It's a competition for the same five teams every single time because they make it to where leveling is leveling is primarily achieved by gaming the system and playing an unnatural amount of time. And then when you get to those levels, you're, you know, you're one of the few teams that could do that within that amount of time. I barely, I barely had time because I did one, I did one shorter stream where I, uh, I did a sponsored stream and wasn't able to go back to Destiny. Well, that night I played off stream. I did something that I typically do not do, right? So next question. Poning dude 13 you said the guns you earn from the forge are uh, the same ones from the raids. No, I didn't. Uh, how would you redesign the weapon, replacing perks, changing archetypes? Yeah, you misunderstood what I said. I said it's essentially the same loot pool. They're the same. They're the same aesthetic of guns. So um, I think I just got what I needed. I think I just got what I needed. I did. I got a cloak. We got a cloak. Look at that jump, dude. Look at that jump. 
let's put on the cloak I had two entire points of jump by putting that on dude finally okay so now all my drops will bump me to 50 now we just need all armor for the rest of the day on this character it's the same loot pool so if you take the four weapons from the forge and you take I'm sorry the four weapons from the raid and all the weapons from the forge it's one giant loot pool you can't get forge weapons in the raid you can't get raid weapons in the forge but it's one giant loot pool they are the same weapons essentially they have the same aesthetics so you got a sniper an auto rifle a hand cannon a machine gun and then a sword in the next forge I'm not sure what else that's the five and then the four from the raid that's nine plus the exotic from the raid that's ten it's one big giant loot pool that's it like that's that's what you have you have a big one big giant loot pool that's what's that's what's disappointing it's like why didn't the raid get its own loot pool why doesn't the raid have its own 9 to 10 guns and the forge has its own guns that's the way it should have been set up honestly my honest opinion on it is this you should have taken the weapons that you're forging with her thrown them in the raid so the raid had its own giant weapon loot pool and then all those remix weapons that are dropping those should have been the weapons that you're forging with her and then make them cooler right they're not quite cool enough that's what they should have done because if you think about it all those remix weapons there's a ton of them there's a ton of them how many of them are there? These, 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 the, the Balogen, you know, XU7743 and the Swift Ride and the Galliard and the, and this, uh, and this grenade launcher, the Acantha. There's plenty of them. Why didn't they use those? The Rage should have its own loot. Like, it was such a, such a mis, miscategorization. I don't know. It's, it's not that big of a deal, but it does feel weird to have a complete and full, as they call it, raid with only four weapons. Just feels a little strange. Zentang, because exotic primary and exotic special weapons are underused, do you think letting people use mods on them uh, would you see people using them more? For example, Ace of Spades, the Dragonfly spec or Huckleberry uh, with Rampage spec. I mean, you may be unearthing something that could work. I was thinking what they could do is create complementary weapons. So this is a really, really good way, I think, to have people change their loadouts you could put a unique weapon in a nightfall or a strike or something or you could basically have the vanguard do it remember when we were saying how strikes there's no reason to run strikes as soon as you don't have a milestone what if Zavala came out and said hey we are doing the um we're doing the weapon the weapon um cooperation initiative we want to we want to have you guys we've forged some weapons and created weapons that'll be complementary complementary to existing weapons that you have now so a linear fusion that is legendary that when you use it it makes uh it makes both the merciless and the telesto really really strong in pve okay and you'd call it like fusion friends or something would be the name of the mission quest or friendly fusions or friendly fire i don't know and so you're like oh okay well ordinarily i would run my sleeper my 1k my whisper you know or any other variety of of exotic heavy but now it's like okay this legendary linear is pretty cool it's unique it's got a unique perk and then when i carry it this other thing activates and it makes these other exotic weapons stronger 
you could do a legendary machine gun that when you use it, you could call it, you know, Rodeo. And Rodeo would make Ride the Bull better on the Huckleberry or something. Again, you're now having people go to certain weapons and certain loadouts that are in line with their their playstyle. Like, I really, really like the Huckleberry, but man, when I go into endgame content, I just feel like I have to run 1K. I have to run, you know... The, the, the Thunderlord. Well, this would give people that freedom of saying, no, if you get this machine gun from Zavala by grinding strikes, it's unique, it's got unique perks, random roll it, random roll it, but it always drops with Rodeo, and Rodeo makes, you know, your this exotic that's underrepresented stronger. Okay? You could do a rocket launcher that pairs with the Ace of Spades, and it makes Firefly um, spawn mini wolf pack rounds every you know every so often randomly so then you get the firefly and you get these teen little wolf pack rounds on the ground you would see people doing that they're like okay i'm gonna run this i'm gonna run this 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 rocket launcher i'm gonna go for this rocket launcher right it's got this uh you know horn the initiative of the horn perk on it and we all know that's referencing the galahorn you know what i mean I, I, I definitely think you would see people pivoting, and at the very least, you're not going to have them feeling like they're as strong as they are with their 1K voices, or their whisper, or their sleeper, but at least they're running something different, and feeling like, um, and feeling like they're, they're, they're really strong. Your idea is easier for Bungie to do? Not necessarily, you're assuming it's easier for Bungie to do that, that could break the game. Put, being able to put mods on an ace of spades and being able to put mods on a telesto you want people to be able to do that I mean some of those weapons are already ridiculously strong in the crucible I'm talking about perk complements that wouldn't necessarily break crucible because if you make wolf pack rounds spawn from you know spawn from firefly firefly already is pesky and crucible but it's not game breaking right I don't know I think you're getting at the same problem I have. We're just coming at it from different angles. One being easier than the other is is kind of unknown. We don't necessarily know which would be easier for Bungie to do and to manage, but we're both getting at the same problem. Exotics aren't getting used. Let's come up with ways to get people to use, you know, a lot of the primary and energy, a lot of the kinetic and energy exotics in the game they just don't get used because exotic power weapons are so so strong that would be an opportunity mine would be an opportunity to do a like three birds with one stone create incentives to run strikes create new weapons that have unique perks and motivate people to use exotics that are not powerful in the powerful slot i i you know i hit three birds with one stone which is why it might be worth the development time cuz now it's like you're 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 getting people in lots of different you know sides of the game that they ordinarily ignore and that's a good thing and you're solving pain points as well like strikes just feel like there's no reason to run you know uh mac 2099 uh have you gotten one of the new multiplayer emotes i thought you would need the other player uh to have the same but they don't have to it gives any player near you a prompt and lets them do the animation near you thoughts I think that's good. I think that's good. And the reason that's good is if you have the emote on, the emote's value is only as good as people also having the emote on. It's not even a question of do they have it in their inventory? Do they have, are they one of the lucky ones that got it or or bought it? That makes the value of the emote diminish greatly. You know? 
and it's a commercial for the emote so people walking around with it and then you see it and you're like oh I might actually go buy that like it's it's a smart play overall I think to have it work that way Mac do you feel the augmented weapons main selling point is to deliver new mods and shouldn't be in Banshee's loot pool or in rotation to sell yeah I mean maybe I, I don't even know I, they just I, they just seem silly they just seem silly now here's an idea that would give some of the intentionality I talked about why not say hey I really want to get this weapon augmented and you take it to her and she augments it and it slaps one extra random perk in that slot and you can augment endlessly but it costs it costs a lot of her resources so then you could go to her and say well hey I've got this I've got this god roll gun that I got and I really really like it I would like to augment it in the hopes that I get an extra perk on it. This gun is only missing this perk, right? It's a god roll except for one. Now, this isn't reforging in the traditional sense, right? Where you're completely re-rolling the weapon. You still have to go out and get the quasi or close to god roll. Like, that's still on you to do. Um, but you wouldn't you wouldn't feel like augmented weapons are basically a waste. You would augment the weapon more economy no she already has an economy she already has an economy it would be uh it would be i didn't put um i didn't put brawler on i was like why am i not getting my knives back i forgot we were in a nightfall uh yeah so that's how i do it saving annihilator regarding weapon mods what do you think of them using weapon telemetries as a currency instead of gunsmith parts and mod components like one telemetry and one mod component i i don't know i i i don't have a whole lot of thoughts on the economy of buying mods right now because i have excuse me i haven't done it enough uh i just realized we need to be killing enemies so we can double dip for the one the one thousand uh hundred thousand and the completion we should get it automatically but we're uh we're actually pretty low we're at seventy-seven thousand, so we should probably kill some ads it's probably on me. I was skipping a lot of ads. Some of this is my fault. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of opinion on that just yet. Could it be better? I'm sure. I mean, it was a new, it's a brand new thing that they introduced. Uh, that you know, you could buy mods, and that economy is probably not fully realized yet. Man, let's see if I can get him with a knife all the way out there. Oh, they drop. I didn't realize they actually had uh, had drop. Did I get? I got him with the explosion. There we go. <laughs> didn't know we were doing both. I didn't say we were doing both. We just did it on the first run. The other uh, earlier. Frosty Lion says, "How do you feel about the rumors? Destiny Three will be heading to an even further into an RPG direction." Um. Do you think that will obscure the nature of the game or be a good thing? Where do you see the future of the franchise going? Thank you. I think if you want people to play the game as hobby and you want to drip feed content out, like if this if this works, if the annual pass in principle works, right? Maybe the weapons aren't that great. Maybe they need to tweak some of the incentivization. But if in principle the annual pass works and Bungie learns a lot from it to inform Destiny 3, I don't think you can really get people to do what we're doing if it's not a somewhat stout RPG in that you've got lots of activities and and containers to put those things into, right? Like, 
in a very general sense I'm gonna get hit in a very general sense the only way you can have drip feed content get traction is you have to have you know you have to have substantive content and a lot to do so I think it's fine did I skip your question oh I did I'm sorry Nova hands um so yeah, Frosty Lion, I'm fine with it going in more RPG direction. I think that's the only way the uh, the content drip and the annual pass style will work. Uh, that's the only way I think it actually works and gets footing. So sorry about that, Nova. I'm gonna go back to Nova Hands. I double scrolled. I do that. I do that sometimes. Uh, I uh, I double scrolled with the mouse wheel. Uh, hey Lono, do you think having faction rally vendors set up like 801? would would help make faction rally more fun instead of unique weapons you'd be grinding for unique weapon ornaments and random rolls on the faction rally weapons yeah i don't know i mean i i I like a lot of the ideas i put forth about faction rally with they're always in the they're you know they're always in the tower and being that they're always in the tower you can you can grind for their cool cosmetics and then as the weapons and armor trickle out you have the week of faction rally to get them and then they they're in the general loot pool after that meaning there's urgency but then accessibility later on um i fell uh i think that's a good way of doing it now as far as you saying giving them the a to one treatment i'd be okay with that we got armor. I mean, we just got a double drop and we got armor. That's freaking fantastic. That's a 50 there and a 50 there. We are moving and grooving now, boys. So, I, w- I wouldn't be opposed to that. I think we got the emblem. Yeah, we got the emblem too. I've not gotten that. Uh, oh, that's a weapon, uh, alternate weapon. So yeah, I, I would actually go even further than what you're saying. I would have them having you like forge the weapons and, and go through and do bounties to kind of create the faction rally weapons. And then you can have secondary bounties to do what you're saying, which is, you know, ornaments. Um, I, could, I could get behind that. I could get behind that. Um, all right, let's infuse that. Okay. And then... We got our boots, so we can put these these back on, because we like these. These are built for how we play. And then we'll do that. And we lost the impact mod, but that's okay. So now we need the other three pieces of armor to drop. So basically, we don't want guns at this point for our leveling. Um, we don't want guns. Aaron, uh, Aaron Westwood 90, I feel the forge is still a missed opportunity. Once one completes a frame, there's no reason to stay in the queue. So the auto requeue feels a little dead in the water unless there was some sort of farming incentive. Keep, uh, keep on your thoughts. Um, oh, keen on your thoughts. Yeah, I think the, the requeue is there to keep people in the matchmaking. Uh, so I think that's, that's definitely an element of what's going on. They want to keep people in the matchmaking. Uh, but I agree with you. I think the forge grind needs adjusted. I don't know if I put this in an official talk yet or when I gave my, like, my flyover thoughts. I don't understand why you can't just do the gun forges in the forge, right? You're, you're basically funneling people, you're funneling people into content and then saying, get out of here. And it's supposed to be a farm. 
I just don't understand why you wouldn't... This is how I think they should do it. You just get the frames from her, okay? You charge the frame with a modulus report. Once it's charged with the modulus report, you do the forge, you get the gun, right? Now, there's the steps in between, right? So you charge it, you get the kills you need to get, you get the seeds you need to get, then once you have the seeds you need to get, you do the forge. Instead, you keep, you gotta go to her twice every time. You go to her to get the thing, then you go and do the assignment. Once the assignment's done, you get the seeds. Once the seeds is done, you go to her, and then you go back. I do it in the forge just because it makes the most sense. It's like, this is more opportunity for these, for these things to drop. Uh, and that be, being that it's more opportunity for these things to drop, then I'm able to, uh, I'm able to then get maybe the remix weapons while working on it and the seeds drop at a really, really good clip while you're in there because you're able to, you're, uh, you're able to kill those yellow bars. They're, they're everywhere. And then the boss drops 10. It's a great grind for the completion of the actual thing. Like it's like, sort of like a really good grind for that. Um, I'm going to be switching characters and doing what we just did, but on my warlock. So if anybody's around and wants to join me, it's a pretty quick, uh, it's a pretty quick run through. Uh, that, that, that to me, that to me just makes the most sense. Now, oh, the lore, this or that, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, man. I don't understand why, why you make us boomerang. It's, it's a, it's a grind. (laughs) It's a grind that takes you out of the grind constantly. It's convoluted. Uh, DJ May 88 with your change to the primaries wouldn't everyone just run around with a hand cannon with and a fast firing energy how would this affect scouts pulses and autos well if you did this if you did this really really think through this with me here let's just take let's just say they slam all the primaries up into the primary slot and all primaries get randomly assigned an element so you can use an age old bond a nation of beasts or a better devils and they all have a random element on them okay now that they've done that what is the difference between an auto rifle and a hand cannon one is precision one is not okay so what are some of the perks that makes a precision gun good dragonfly outlaw rampage you know rampage couples really well with outlaw because you're reloading fast dragonfly is nice those are those are things that make oh an, an element on a on a on a precision weapon goes really well with dragonfly. Then you go to the auto rifle and you're like, okay, what what makes an auto rifle good with an element? And you're just kind of like, I don't know. I guess dragonfly, but dragonfly is kind of hard to get to proc because of the nature of the weapon. So like an auto rifle should have a perk like, um, I don't know, uh, overcharge, overcharge on the on the clip. And if you land enough. If you land enough crits with the clip, it overcharges the next clip, and then that clip has uh, a dragonfly affle- effect on any kills on any kills gotten with that clip. You're basically saying, "Oh, okay, here we go, here we go." This this auto rifle, the the the, the element is playing well with the type of gun that it is. It's just a spam weapon. You're just kind of spamming it. And then that might be why you'd run the auto rifle. You're like, well, I ru- when I run this auto rifle, it's got this really cool effect with Genesis or this other overcharge perk or something that pairs well with the element. That's why shield disorient uh, and disruption break 
don't make sense as perks because you're like, I'm if I use this weapon, these perks have to warrant the use. So if you made sh- shield disorient break any shield and cause the pop, but then the matching shield blinds, well now you might run an auto rifle because an auto rifle is the only place you can get shield disorient. Or if you run shield disorient on one of the hand cannons that can get it, well that hand cannon can't roll rampage outlaw and it can't get dragonfly. The main reason you'd be running that hand cannon is you'd run it with shield disorient and maybe disruption break. They would work together or maybe Genesis. So when the shield gets popped, right, it pops all the shields and popping shields reloads it with Genesis. That'd be great perk synergy right there. So and, and, and same thing with pulses and scouts like pulses and scouts you would think through now that all the guns have elements we can differentiate between a gun that benefits from elemental perks and guns that benefit from critical or damage perks and that just comes up to the player then you're like well, I like playing this way I like playing that way I like this style of gun I'm going to use this gun so then all primaries would have pinnacle versions of Here's a, here's a primary weapon that has a great version of reloads fast and damage gets buffed, but you've got to hit your shots. Somebody's like, I, I don't like to have to hit my shots in order for the gun to feel efficient. I'm a little more spammy. I'm going to go with a pulse or an auto. Okay, no worries. You're going to go with an elemental perk style gun. They all have elements, by the way, but the elemental style would have perks on it that would draw you to it and then you would use it and you'd feel like it fits your playstyle. this gives so much ground because essentially when you think about what a primary weapon does it kills ads trash ads red bars right as long as my auto rifle with disruption break or shield disorient or the overcharge perk idea that I came up with as long as that auto rifle is keeping pace with a with a, with a pinnacle hand cannon we're great because people are like well everybody's just going to keep using the midnight coup you have to accept this the midnight coup is never going to be a bad weapon it's never going to be a bad weapon it does a great job doing what it's supposed to do. It kills red bars very, very quickly. If you have a bunch of other guns in the game that also kill red bars quickly because they have unique perks that enable them to do that, like Rampage with Rampage Extender on a breakneck, the breakneck suddenly feels like, well, this is a kinetic worth using. I, I don't feel like, oh, I missed my Midnight Coup because not only is it fun, it's effective. So if you're suddenly using a trust or a pulse rifle or an auto rifle that has elemental perks on it that are unique and powerful and they're doing the job of a primary weapon which is killing red bars efficiently, suddenly it doesn't matter that the Midnight Coup is a great weapon. You've got a comparable primary that you can use. You can't fine-tune primaries efficiency with this current system because the weapons are strewn all over the place. You, you've got you've got primaries down here like the ringing nail and then you got primaries up here like the nameless midnight and it's just like okay which one am I going to use well I mean basically the nameless midnight with triple tap drop mag and outlaw this is this 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 functions as a really nice midnight coup at long range right it reloads stupidly fast and and it's got outlaw and stability on it this is actually a really great role for a scout rifle scout rifles are just kind of in a crappy place right now so this this archetype you'd look at it and say okay the absolute best version of a 180 scout rifle isn't really keeping up with efficiency of a midnight coup how do we change that 
I don't know, give it a damage buff when you're extra far away. So it's like a miniature sniper. So if I'm going to play drawn back and passive, I get a benefit for playing that way. And then I would pair that with a sniper because I'm the drawn back passive guy. I'd have a sniper down here with buffs to snipers in PvE and maybe new perks that make snipers even better. And now I'm the drawn back range player that has to, I have to play in a specific way, but if I do it right, I feel that benefit and I feel good about that. I love running bows and scouts and snipers in that end, end encounter in the raid because we haven't done that in such a long time. You can't really fine-tune primary weapons when they're strewn all over the place. If they were all up here, you could say, okay, up here, there's going to be weapons that clearly benefit from having an element. There's going to be weapons that have the element, but the element's not really there other than to pop shields. It's mainly a gun like this. This gun would not be one where you'd say, oh, it has elemental perks. You'd say, no, it has damage and reload perks on it. So then you'd have like two themes within the weapon pool, you know, elemental and, you know, elemental perks and damage perks. And then you decide which you think is the best to use. Zero the cheese with a brand new prime sub. Uh, Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. I do have alerts turned off. We updated uh, the alert sounds and they're really obnoxious for the podcast. Darkoth, thoughts on when you hit 650, you could turn your prime ingram into a token that you could go into your collections and get a random roll of gear or weapon that you've already gotten rather than getting 650 that you don't need since prime's supposed to be something useful. I really like this idea. I really do. I really like this idea. I like the idea of saying, hey, um, hey, you know, you got a prime. You don't really need the prime. You can choose to take the prime in your collections and get a random roll on a gun that you really, really like. Right? You're, you're, you're playing the game. And these things are dropping. Now, if you did, if you do that, if you do that, I would, you'd have to just make sure that primes aren't exploitable as far as a drop rate goes. Right now, once you're at 650, primes aren't dropping all that often, so I'd be okay with it. If people start farming for them and figuring out ways to get them quickly, I guess that wouldn't be that much different than farming for a nightfall drop, you know, because you're grinding for the gun. Please have Feeding Frenzy. Yes! Hipfire Feeding Frenzy and High Cal. That is a really good roll on this gun and handling. Thank you. We will take it. Um... I was hoping for a roll with Feeding Frenzy, and I got it. Uh, Swift Toasty, I have a good idea for what, uh, I have a pretty good idea for what is a good roll on weapons, but for armor, I seem to only consider how it looks. What perks should I be looking for on armor? My recommendation would be to look for perks on the helmet that complement your build, okay? So, if you're doing, uh, let's say you're doing Way of a Thousand Cuts on a Hunter, and you're doing Knife Trick like crazy, A really great perk for knife trick is hands-on. Melee kills give you extra super energy. I can't show you that. I don't have that right now. I am on a warlock right now. I get bonus super energy from grenade kills. I tend to get pretty good amount of grenade kills with a warlock because a solar nade, you can throw a solar nade on a group of enemies and get a lot of super energy from it. So that is is kind of appealing to my build. Over here, you usually want something like heavy ammo, uh, heavy ammo on, on anything that'll give it to you just because anything you can do to influence heavy ammo drops, go for it. Once you get to gauntlets, you're looking for the, the reloader of the weapon type that you like to use. Usually it's your kinetic because you use your kinetic the most your primary the most if you're using an energy primary then get a reload for that primary 
Do you use hand cannons, auto rifles, scouts, pulse, whatever you use, get a reload here, and then get another heavy ammo finder or a scavenger perk. When you get to your chest, chest pieces are pretty stupid. Honestly, perk-wise, you just get an unflinching perk and an ammo perk. So try to get unflinching on the on the, on the the main gun that you use, but don't sweat it. You don't really need unflinching. Once you come down here, the absolute best perk to look for on boots is distribution. It reduces all ability cooldowns when you use your class ability. So every time I put a rift down, this makes all my ability cooldowns go faster. That's fantastic. Uh, avoid primary ammo finder at all costs. And then on your mark... Generally, you're looking for heavy ammo finder and better already. There's not a real reason to run anything else on your mark. So, that's just a generic flyover of perks to look for on armor. If anybody wants to clip that, that'd probably be a pretty good guide for people. Good question. Actually, that was a good question. Mac2099, the suggestion is for PvE only. I'm going to go to orbit, guys. We can go through the stories, the strikes, and the nightfalls. Now, if you want to join me, I'm built out for uh, solar damage and solar subclass. The suggestion is for PvE only. We should never run out of primary, special should refill at a slower rate, and heavy should drop like normal. Running out of ammo in raids and gambit should not be a thing that we constantly have to deal with. Let us shoot the guns. Um, I think it'd be better to just feed us ammo more intelligently, like heavy ammo finder and special ammo finder should work more consistently. They don't seem to work consistently. When you got the gauntlets in Wrath of the Machine, it was a clear difference in how much power ammo dropped and it made the encounters feel different you could always kind of feed yourself uh, power ammo and that was a good thing I like that I don't like just getting ammo constantly and there's a reason that I think this then you have perks like drop mag that suddenly don't punish you drop mag basically consumes the ammo then you have perks like triple tap you have perks like uh, the the perk on the on the on the the whisper of the worm um, and you have other other perks that are cool because they they meet a, an ammo pain point and I honestly think they could come up with more perks to do that I had ideas for the loaded question that would do that like if you get a multi kill on that first shot it should just generate ammo for you so it creates a really good ammo economy for the weapon so the weapon if used properly basically gives you endless special because the weapon's just not strong enough. But there are perk ideas I think that would be better than just, oh yeah, you just get primary all the time, you can never run out, energy comes back kind of on its own, and power drops on the ground. I like the idea of me affecting my own ammo economy with perk decisions better than just giving away free ammo. Next question from Tropic O Daddy. Fitzy on Twitter posted a picture of his hunter at 650 light level and captioned it, time to start saving powerful bounties and raid keys. Dylan replied, I saw this reply by the way, Dylan replied saying, the team is actively looking at these systems for future seasons. Once a plan is solidified, we will communicate. Your thoughts? I was glad to see it. I put it in my mod chat and Discord. I was like, clearly they don't want people doing this in the future. So, once again, Lono's wrong per usual. No, I'm not. The, the, the way that people leveled and the way that people gamed the system and got and got leveled the way that they did this time is not something that Bungie wants to happen again. Meaning, it's not ideal and they want it changed. Meaning, they agree with me. So, I'm, I'm batting at a thousand, man. Like, everything I've said, they're in agreement with. And Bungie doesn't interact with me that much. They don't interact with me on Twitter that much. I don't go back and forth with community managers the way other... Some of these streamers, man, they get on Twitter. It's like they're just best buds with Bungie staff. That's great. That's fine. I don't have to be. 
So the fact that they're actually doing things that I'm saying isn't a feather in my cap like they're listening to me. It means that they're listening to the community. I generally voice the opinions and the feelings of the common player. So I'm not saying like, oh, Bungie's listening to me and watching my stream. I'm saying Bungie's listening to the community. If what I'm saying is resonating with Bungie and it's resonating with you guys and they're communicating that back to us, that's a really good thing. That's a really, really good thing. We should all be celebrating that. And the reason I bring up wrong per usual is because it's just funny that, you know, people want to take digs at me for being wrong when it's clear that I have a history of, of the opposite of being right. You know, and taken up for the people that only play for a couple hours a night. If I ever got invited to a summit, I would be, I would be the mouthpiece that I've always been. It's, I'm, I'm a mouthpiece for the community, not for my stream and not for my own experience. So, Ochi one one nine seven one. Should they cap rewards at the max light level available when the ready to claim flag was earned, i.e., Iron Banner bounties were capped? on the bounty it would prevent them from being used across sports this is directly related to the to to the question we just had clearly bungie doesn't want people doing that again and they're going to put systems in place to prevent that so good question yes i agree and yes so does bungie uh tribal do you think having such a thin loot pool for black armory will negatively affect the lifespan for both activities will people still have a desire to grind a month from now generally speaking random rolls get you a lot of mileage and the fact that it's if if streamers can be satisfied for two to four weeks then the rest of the community will probably be satisfied for twice that length so if you can satisfy me for two to four weeks right not just me but even the guys that just go crazy and then they go play other games right if you can keep them interested for half of a month to a month that means you can satisfy the rest of the community a month to two months that's pretty good given that we're getting you know these are supposed to span three months of time so the question really is going to be where are we going to be you know two two three to four weeks from now we'll just have to wait and see i happen to think that random rolls buys you a lot of time uh i think random rolls buys you a lot of time because people can decide on their own what they think is worth doing uh, and when they decide that on their own, that leads to grind that is organic. Well, I really, really want this gun or that gun or this roll or that roll. Oh, do I actually have to kill them? Somebody else must have killed him last time. I thought we just had to run up. Sorry. Uh, let's get him. That should do it. And then this big boy up here should spawn. Sorry, getting a little distracted. So the thin loot pool, you know, honestly, it, it, it honestly is a lot for $10. It, it honestly is a lot for $10, truthfully. If you include all the remix weapons and the weapons that you forge and the weapons in the raid, it's not too bad. Um, did I hear what happened to Noah? What, his house getting struck by lightning? Yes. Um, that's that's old news. That's, like a, that's almost a week old. It's, it's terrible, but thankfully nobody was hurt and they had insurance. So very happy to hear that they were both safe and that they had insurance because that's the two questions you always want to ask. Is everybody okay? And were you insured? <laughs> so thankfully we got to say yes to both of those questions. Arctic Spartan, I'm submitting this uh, as you were talking about making the remixed weapons in the forge. Uh, I think, let me hang on, let me get let me get in a queue here and then I'll read the rest of this. 
And I think you, uh, that would be a horrible move. Making a whole new activity that requires grinding to participate in and 30 minute quest to actually get the forge weapons and then you get a reskin. Players would not see a point in doing the forge if those weapons were the loot pool thoughts. I mean, I, I, I can I can agree with and respect your, your pushback on what I'm saying. I can, because people don't like reskins. However, if the perks were cool enough, the guns do look pretty dope, and they were a lot of weapons that nobody really used, okay? Nobody was really running around with the bad news. Nobody was really running around with the, you know, the Galliard. Maybe some people were using the Swift Ride because it was a Pulse, and Pulses are pretty good, and they've been pretty good since the beginning of Destiny 2. So, um, I will, uh, I do. I agree with you that you wouldn't necessarily want to be a reskin. However, I think they look cool, so I'm a little biased. I'm a little biased. I, I I don't know. I think they look cool. Like this Husko. I don't know. I think it looks cool. Okay, it's a reskin. If this Husko dropped with some crazy nutty rocket launcher perk, I think people would get over that really quickly. <laughs> They'd get over it really, really quickly. If you could go in and get any of those weapons, they look kind of neat. They've got the cool remix stuff on there. Nobody cared about Wrath of the Machine Guns being reskins. Why? Because they were dope. Was anybody complaining that the Genesis chain looked like one of the Suros test weapons? I sure as heck freaking wasn't. It had cool effects on it. It looked all SIVA-ified. And it was an awesome dadgum weapon. Right? Nobody complained about the reskins in Wrath because the the reskins were cool. They weren't just like a color change. They actually kind of changed the physicality and the appearance of the guns. And the perks were cool. So... I respect your your pushback, and I think it's valid pushback, but I think hinging it on what I said with it being unique perks and cool perks, I think I would win. I would win in the vote. If we took it to the community and said, all right, everybody, we're voting. Uh, is Arctic Spartan right or is Lona right? People are like, I don't know what the frick you're talking about. My gun's got a cool perk on it. I'm making everything blow up. I think I would win. <laughs> so reskins are usually only frustrating for people when it's stuff like the faction rally gear because there weren't significant reasons to get the faction rally gear. None of it was like super strong. So, But I would say if they would have done that, they could have done more visually to change the weapons. They could have done more visually to change the weapons. I do agree with you there. The grind to get them would have been a little bit of a gut punch to be like, it basically looks like guns we've already had before. So I do agree with that aspect of it. They could have swung a little bit harder, both at making the perks cool and making the guns look cool. So we're in agreement. I would tweak my my idea a little bit, but I still think, again, in the long run, people would get over it if the perks were cool enough because nobody cared about the Wrath weapons being reskins. Uh, next question. Dim, uh, Dime88, to follow up on my first question, why not just let you have elements on all weapons instead of separating them special and prime? Two spots to have whatever loadout uh, you want. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. So basically leave the weapons as they are now, but assign random elemental perks to your primary weapons. Again, the main issue here is if I run the ringing nail buff fusion rifles and then let me take the techie force and slap it up here so i have a secondary weapon as soon as you equip an elemental and energy primary as soon as you do it you are pigeonholed into an incredibly small selection an incredibly small selection of kinetic shotguns and if you don't want to use a kinetic shotgun where a lot of us are kind of getting tired of using shotguns i've been using one since the the, the occam's razor right 
As soon as you equip that energy primary, you are pigeonholed and your choices are limited. So yes, let me slide any of the energy snipers that I have, any of the uh, fusions that I have, let me slide them up. Give me that freedom. Ad guy, 2002. Hey, Lono, one thing I hate about using a shotgun or sniper in the kinetic slot, this is a perfectly timed question, is that when I'm using a heavy and want a quick swap to my primary, I keep getting out the shotgun instead of my primary. It's annoying. Has it ever happened to me? Has it ever happened to you? It happens all the time. When I run Parcel of Stardust or Perfect Paradox, I waste, I waste energy ammo all the time. So I would love to have one simple UI change. Let's say I put on the Dust Rock Blues and I put on the ringing nail. There should be a um, a button somewhere that puts a little flip arrow, a little black two-sided arrow. So there'd be an arrow pointing here and an arrow pointing here, and there'd be a Y in the middle. And people would know when they see that, that means you've swapped them with respect to button pressing on your controller, right? Just use mouse and keyboard. Uh, 70% of the community is on console or more. So <laughs> this is a solution that would land on more people than 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 the people using mouse and keyboard. The percentage of people using mouse and keyboard has to be ridiculously small because even tons of people that play on console, I'm sorry, tons of people that play on PC use controller. Controller usage is massive, a massive, massive majority of the community. Um, undeniable. Uh, so yeah, I think they should just add a simple UI change so I could do that. So that way I could be like, yes, I'm running an energy primary and a kinetic shotgun, but I'm still doing my button presses that I've been doing for the last three and a half years after I use my heavy. I did that so many times, so many times uh, in the raid when I was running a non-traditional loadout and it was really freaking frustrating. Um, So... Next question, One-Eyed Mask. How are you going to motivate yourself to keep playing for the next three months when you're almost 350 on all three characters? Cheers. I've never cared about power level ever. You're not familiar with my content if you think I care about that. I've never cared about that. I argued tooth and nail with people that got angry about the April update that made leveling easier with one-to-one infusion. I argued tooth and nail with people about that, how leveling, getting to level cap is not a value point or an achievement. It's the natural ender of all RPGs. The true content loop of a game like Destiny, Diablo, Borderlands, or Warframe, the true content loop is going for cool gear. And then doing the end game content because you enjoy it, right? The new raid is really, really fun. I could run the forge all day long. It's just mindlessly shooting ads, throwing balls, hoping for a cool drop. Max level's never been a concern of mine at all. I even said yesterday, once you're at the 45, 46, or honestly even 41, you don't really need to push for 50. You don't need 50 for any of the content. To, it, it's not going to feel, you know, substantively different if you're if you're at the the higher the higher level. It's just it just isn't. So um, I'm not driven by power level. I'm driven by gear. I mean, go back and you probably can't watch it, but go back and and you maybe reminisce and remember run, me running over 400 strikes, 53 skeleton keys to get in a Mago loop that I wanted. The, you know, the weeks where I was grinding for a Warden's Law. I still don't have my God roll Warden's Law. That's something for me to chase. A Warden's Law with accurized rounds and a range masterwork with Feeding Frenzy Rampage. So I can have a stupid amount of range on a Feeding Frenzy Rampage gun. You know, Sergi with five months of subs. Merry Christmas and thanks for a great five months. Welcome back. Thanks for keeping your primes up here, dude. 
So there's always something to chase. There's always a new role to chase, a new loadout to try. So I think that that's a uh, that's a win usually. And we got a bond. That's literally the exact item that I needed. This is going to be a big jump for the Warlock. Let's all celebrate. Borquin. A lot of long-time players I've spoken to and seem to not care as much anymore about D2, playing only a, uh, a few strikes or a nightfall a week. To some, not all of Destiny feels like a chore. Th- uh, to them... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. To some, not all, Destiny just feels like a chore at this point. Honestly, grinding the same old milestones and having not evolved to play content uh, that meaningless as all necessary loot is from year one D2. Aside from the thousand, uh, the 1K voices... If this is just a small group, call me out. But it feels like the spark behind the content is gone. Well, we got to remember something, okay? You got to remember something. If you've been playing D1 since the beginning, okay? If you've been playing D1 since the beginning, then you got to be honest about something. D1, you you were just running the same content over and over and over again and there was way less of it okay there's way more variety in d2 as far as content selection this takes me up to 45 that's three power level jumps with one item um so you were running the same content so there's there there's more content now uh than there's ever been that's Pretty much a god roll for Crucible. Zen, High Cow, and Full Auto on a go figure. Frick. Uh, so, I want to make that point first, okay? Nobody was really playing D1 and being like, it's always new and fresh. You were grinding through the same thing over and over again. However, your point is valid and right in line with the video that went live today on my YouTube channel called Leveling is Bad. Okay? Leveling is Bad. So, a lot of the things I talked about in that video was that you run out of things to do each week to level up because of milestones. You're forced to maybe run content you don't want to run if you want to level up. Leveling is required. Leveling is required if you want to do the new stuff. The new forges, the three new forges. Niobe Labs will probably be a gear check if you're not if you're not close to 650. And then the raid, right? So everything new with Black Armory, you can't get to unless you level up. And leveling is limited and RNG-based. That's one of the things that's hurting you. If you could just throw yourself into the strike playlist and get and get powerful engrams at an interval, this was 30 and still gaming's idea, right? Just getting those getting those primes, not primes, but powerfuls every four strikes or something like that, well, then you'd probably feel like a little bit more of a spark because you'd feel like a play session is rewarding. These guys are running arc. It's solar modif- it's solar singe. What are you doing? It, it's solar singe, brothers. As, as Libra would say, it's solar singe, brothers. Brothers. Oh, you dingbats. Gotta run Ark on a Solar Singe Nightfall? Whatever. Well, if we're gonna do that, we might as well put on Chromatic Fire instead of the other thing. Oh, well. (coughs) Oh, they may be grinding for the fusion. Sorry, you're right. Okay, not a big deal. We can still melt with 1k and Icolos. It's okay. It's okay. It's not a big deal. I mean, honestly, the solar subclass on the Warlock doesn't help that much anyway. Solar nades, and then um, I wasn't running Dawnblade, so it's fine. Let's just make sure they didn't switch. Um, okay, they didn't. <laughs> um, 
So, to go back to what I was saying, you could just throw yourself in the strike and just run the loop and get powerful upgrades, right? And you'd feel that sense of progression and that sense of movement. And then once you're more powerful, then you could go chase the loot. Because there's kind of two motivators of destiny, right? You're either trying to grind, to, you know, to level up and do, and leveling up lets you do new content and have new experiences, or you're chasing loot. I happen to think the loot chase is the biggest motivator, as indicated by somebody in chat just a minute ago. Loot's the main reason you're playing, you know, you're chasing loot. And the new loot tends to be in content that you need to level up for. This is why Bungie is trying to streamline the leveling process, because... If you don't streamline the leveling process, the community at large can't do the new stuff and chase the new loot. But you got to go back and rewatch my entire talk I just did about the forge loot and how it's not that exciting. That's a problem for incentivization. If you sat down and you knew there was some ridiculously cool gun inside of, you know, inside of the forge or inside of the raid, now, the shotgun might have your interest, right? The, the, there's a kinetic shotgun that can roll with trench barrel. That's pretty cool. But is that going to be enough to drive you through the you know, the leveling? Now, it might be if leveling wasn't so arduous, if leveling was more streamlined, which they're working on. Don't you see? Like, it kind of goes hand in hand. If your play session feels productive and you've leveled up, that naturally creates an internal momentum in your brain to go do one more thing right to go try the forge to maybe try to get a team to try the raid now all of a sudden those loot incentives are landing on your brain they don't land on your brain if you feel stuck if you feel stuck your time feels futile it's easier to put the game down because you're just like i'm not getting anywhere it all goes hand in hand like the psychological triggers of a player aren't getting aren't getting those tingly feelings so you're like I'm stuck at 540, 560, wherever it is that you end up stuck, and then that pulls away from what typically is like an RPG momentum of just one more thing, mom. Just one more thing. I've leveled up, so now I'm going to go do this or ooh, 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 this is a big drop for me. I'm now at I'm now at 590. I'll be 600. I'll be 600 really quickly. And instead, well, put the controller down. Okay? Instead of saying, well, I'm done for the week, I hit 590, I'd love to keep playing and go to 600, but I don't have any milestones left, or I did Crucible for an hour and a half and didn't get the drop I wanted. Frick. Why do you think people are getting unenthused about playing? If you hit 590 because you got some good drops and you know you can go play your favorite content, four or five strikes and you'll get another drop, one or two nightfalls and you get another drop, maybe you'll hit 600, you would keep playing I guarantee it because you would feel that sense of momentum that again it's that one more one more minute mom let me do one more strike mom but instead you're like all I have left is crucible and gambit I don't want to all I have left is dreaming city and I'm I'm too weak to do dreaming city because I can't level up (laughs) you know I can't level up so I'm glad Bungie's listening. Right now, if you're if you're under 600, you get primes more often, and they have big, big drops. Preferred Leaf tweeted at me on Twitter and said, he's getting big drops, and it's making it enjoyable. That sense of momentum and progression is why people can't put a game down. Like, that's why. It's why they keep going. That's missing when the leveling is, is, is the way that it is right now. 
and they're fixing that and I think that's hugely important I wouldn't be surprised give it a week or two tell your buds if they're under 600 hey man primes are dropping more often for us and they're bigger drops I I wouldn't be surprised if they're kind of like oh let's play a little bit more let's play a little bit more all we gotta do is get primes to drop we can just run strikes and primes will drop you know Shaddix Will Penumbra be featuring new Leviathan content since the featured character in the ads is Benedict? This is a prediction that's been made ten times over. I'm surprised you're even asking this, Shaddix. You're here a lot. The picture literally shows Leviathan. Did you not see the picture? There's a picture from the early times they talked about this, and I've been saying this. I've been saying, Penumbra, it looks like we're going back to the Leviathan. I've I've been Penumbra, it looks like we're going back to the Leviathan. I've said that many, many times. You might have just missed it. So yeah, and then it clearly looks like Benedict. We're going back to we're going back to Leviathan. Unqu- like there's going to be some sort of Leviathan esque influence. Um, it's not Benedict in the picture. I mean, it could be. If anything, if anything, the very first promotional material that came out for Penumbra showed Leviathan. That you could see the gold statue of Callus in the picture. So Penumbra is Leviathan themed to some degree, to some degree. So whether or not that's Benedict. I said this before we saw the picture of Benedict, what might be Benedict. Cruxley, how do you maximize super energy return from shards of Galanor? Hit lots of targets and hit high level targets. That's the trick. So you can hit a whole swath of red bar ads with shards and get 25 to 50% of your super. When I use it in the forge, if I hit one of the big Colossus with it, I get way more. And he's in the mix, right? So a really, really good strategy with Shards of Galanor is to get in a position where you know you can kind of drag your super across a group of enemies and make sure one of the enemies that's getting hit and or dying is a major and you'll get a ton of your super energy back. It's in relation to the blades that hit and the level of the enemy. This is why it's kind of broken in PvP. DJ May 88 do you think bringing blue weapons and armor up to year two and make them legendary would help the loot pool um no because there's plenty of legendary weapons that have been left behind if if Bungie announced tomorrow hey guys in the second month of the season of the forge we decided to let you grind for weapons from the EDZ and then take them to Ada and she can augment them and now they have a random roll on them and then whenever you're grinding the EDZ you can get random rolled you know random rolled weapons right you can get a you can get a random rolled old fashioned if they said that a ton of people would be excited because then you could go try and get an old fashioned a call to serve you know any of the weapons that drop from the EDZ and then they could have random rolls in the new mod treatment <clears throat> excuse me I think that would be a win so I don't think you need to pull uh I don't think you need to pull the blues up. Any idea on the raid? We're really close to the end of Q&A silence. So a couple, like two more questions and we can boot up the raid. So hopefully there's still people around that want to run the raid. Hopefully we still have a full six. Uh, so yeah, like couple more, like two more questions. So I wouldn't bring blues up. I would bring legendaries forward. Um, you have to grind for again. Don't just slap random rolls on everybody's existing uh, old fashions and stuff that are in their inventory. Crusty meat. After you get a curated threat level, what is going to be your uh, in the energy slot? Nation of Ble- Beasts with Dragonfly? Maybe Nation of Beasts with Dragonfly. Um, 
what was I using that I really liked? You can't get Dragonfly on that new hand cannon, uh, but I love the way that it felt. So if I could get a Rampage uh, Outlaw on the Orchid, the Kindled Orchid, maybe that. Uh, I like Pulse Rifles. Pulse Rifles are nice, so maybe a good Pulse Rifle. Uh, if they make that Auto Rifle Ringing Nail better with Disruption Breaker Shield Disorient, I could see using that. That gun feels, I, I think that feels really nice. It's a cool weapon. Um, so that is, uh, that's something that, that's something that I think might end up being something that really motivates me. Uh, last question from Byhova right here at the end of this strike with respect to the hoarding of bounties. How about just make the powerful gear bounties just automatically drop the gear. Once the bounty is complete, like completing three gambit matches, the loot just drops. This solves hoarding of bounties and the next annual pass. I mean, uh, you could definitely say that, um, I purged it. I'm tired of hearing about other people's content. Like, it's just rude. Don't do... I don't want anybody doing that for my content in somebody else's stream. It's just freaking rude. I've never liked that. I've never liked that. I I don't want you guys promoting my content and achievements in other people's streams. Like, it just isn't very classy. I've never been a fan of that. Um, It's not a timeout or anything. It was literally just a delete. It's a new feature on Twitch. Uh, the only outlier uh, I see here as problematic is sometimes you complete bounties by accident because you're working on something and it just kind of happens. Um, so I think in general, the best thing to do is to tell people the week before the new DLC comes out, all bounties after that point are, are going to maybe let me not autocomplete. If you autocomplete the bounties like the day before maybe or something, but then people could save them and try and get them all done after you autocomplete them. I think the easiest thing to do is have it be like a prime ingram. When a prime ingram drops, it's sitting here and the power level's right there on it, right? It's locked in. So saving a 600 level power prime doesn't do anything for you. When the bounty completes, it should do the exact same thing. It should literally say in the bounty, right? Like, right now, if I had, like, let's say instead of saying legendary gear, let's say this bounty said powerful ingram. If I complete that, that little legendary gear language, that little powerful gear language, right? It should say 600, you know, powerful reward. 615 powerful reward. Just lock the reward to wherever they are. So if I hit 650 and I get a bunch of bounties completed, all those bounties that are powerful rewards, right there in the UI, it should say 650 powerful reward. Or have it say what T-Funk is saying, powerful reward capped at 650. So then, if I pop it after the new update, it pops out at 650, right? Now, the reason that saying cap at 650 doesn't work, T-Funk, is that means they have to go in and then and then raise the, the, raise the cap of all the bounties after the fact so you that's just more nuanced that's like more nuanced it's like well if they have it in their inventory and we update all bounties to the new power cap having that language of power cap at 700 how do we make it not apply to completed bounties i just think it should automatically just wham slam the slam the power level in the ui as soon as you complete the bounty right and the raid keys the saving of raid keys oh 
The reason saving of raid keys is so stupid is that that's not how it should have been to begin with. When you beat Riven, you should get a drop. <laughs> it's just so dumb to beat one of the most complex, most challenging day one boss fights that people had because of the Delta. And if you don't cheese it, it's a really complex fight and it's a really fun fight. And you get nothing. You get a key, right? And then you can save it. The best thing they could do with keys is have an expiration date. Have an expiration date. Be like, or just purge keys when new content comes out. Be like, look, if you're working on opening up a bunch of those chests for, isn't there one where you have to like open a bunch and you get like a triumph or something? They would just tell people, as soon as, as soon as Joker's Wild lands, all your keys are going away. So you better freaking use them. And if people got upset about that or cried foul, I'd be like, are you freaking kidding me? What do you really need 26 raid keys for? Huh? The only reason you're doing it is so you can level up faster. You're not doing it because it's a legitimate reason outside of leveling up at a breakneck speed. So I just I uh I that's my that's that's my stance on it is is lock them to whatever you had when you got when you got it, right? And they can't scale. So we're going to transition now to raiding. If you're here right now and can raid, please jump into Lono's sub chat in the Discord. If you're here right now and you're not going to raid, just keep hanging out. We can keep discussing. You can watch us run this new raid and hopefully we get some of the new gear. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage or follow me on Twitter at say no to rage. As with all my content, I appreciate you listening or watching. Please like, share, and subscribe.